You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone Montreal, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We are so glad that you are here with us today. I am your host and the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report. My name is Amy Johnson, and I am joined each and every week by my fantastic co-host. He is our editor-in-chief and the founder of Rocket Sports, and that would be Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you today, sir? Trade deadline is over. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, cross that day off. Every day, every year I say to myself, I got to remember to go to bed earlier the night before trade deadline day. And it was, uh, well, there were some big <laughs> deals, uh, but for the most part, a little uneventful. Some of the deals happened ahead of trade deadline day. That's pre true. Pre-trade deadline day. What you said. Whatever I whatever I mean by that. <laughs> what you said. I know. Yeah, but it was still, I mean, uh, some interesting moves. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of those mm-hmm. coming up in a little bit. But, um, you know, as far as sports went for the rest of the weekend, it was, it was Masters weekend. I told you last week, you know, Masters, it's my thing. It was quite a finish. Hideki Matsuyama, historic win. Um, tremendous. It was a little dicey there on the on the last few holes. Um, Xander Shoffley really kind of made him a little sweat under the collar a little bit with that with that run towards the end. But it was a it was a good Masters, good weather. A triple bogey will fix that. Boy, poor Xander Shoffley. <laughs> As he said afterwards, that he just flushed it. Chose the wrong club. Just chose the wrong club. Well, at least he had the club in his bag, unlike um, <laughs> some others. Yes, had, there was uh, another golfer. Putter mishaps. That, yeah. When you take your frustrations out on your putter and then you have to play the rest of your third round without a putter. Three wood. Three wood will do. The three wood will do. Oh, goodness. Um, but also, aside from golf, basketball season won't be around forever. Uh So get in on all of the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. You just pick your lineup, 
You stay under the salary cap, and you see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, every steal, every assist means so much more with a DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you might have missed out on a season-long fantasy, so now's the time to get in on all of the Daily Fantasy action, where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app right now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Um, Promo code THPN. Promo code THPN. Use it. The Hockey Podcast Network, we're mm-hmm. a proud affiliate. We are. Uh, that we are. I will, um, speaking of the Ho- Hockey Podcast Network, before we get into what we're going to talk about on the show today, um, I invite you, if you have not listened to um, our sister podcast, which is the one that Rick hosts with Joe Whalen, Canadians Connection, uh, if you missed it this weekend or you missed the special bonus episode that came out uh, this week for it, I would highly invite you and welcome you and, and encourage you to go listen to it. Uh, I had the pleasure of joining Rick um, to do an in, uh, to do an interview with two of the three hosts of a new uh, show coming out on the Hockey Podcast Network, um, hosted by NHL legend Theo Fleury, uh, Eric Cusin, and Darren Ravel. And so uh, Rick and I sat down for a lengthy conversation with with Theo and Eric about this podcast. It's called We're All a Little Crazy. Um, and it's a really deep, uh, fascinating, compelling, emotional conversation about um, mental health and how it's addressed uh, these days and how we talk about it. Um, so I highly recommend you check that out. Just go to canadiansconnection.fm and look for that special episode with for the full Theo Fleury, Eric Cusin interview. Those guys were great. They were they very were. open. They are very honest, very direct. And it was uh, a real, um, you know, it was a powerful conversation. But mm-hmm. as they say, it's, it's uh, their podcast um, and the kind of discussions they have are not for people who are experiencing uh, mental illness, the one in five. Uh, it's for uh, five and five who have people in their life, who've had, hit a rough patch, uh, because it's more about, it. it's certainly about the trauma, but it's also about the healing, That's right. all the aspects of mental health. It's for all of us. And it's it's not for uh, hockey fans of any particular team. It's really for everyone. So listen to it, share it with your friends and loved ones. It's, it's a very powerful conversation. And keep an eye on the Hockey Podcast Network for their new podcast, We're All a Little Crazy, coming out soon. Uh, so today on this episode of the Press on Montreal, we are going to talk a little bit about the Montreal Canadiens post-trade deadline. What kind of moves did Mark Bergevin make? Uh, and were they good? Were they bad? Were they eh? Were they woohoo? Uh, we'll figure that out. So we're going to talk about that in uh, just a minute. And then in the second segment, we're going to talk about the Laval Rocket. Um, there was this kid that made his debut for the Laval Rocket over the weekend. Um, oh, gosh. Kale. Cole, Cole Caulfield. Ah. Yeah, that guy. Um, had a bit of a weekend. <laughs> had himself a weekend, particularly on Friday. We're going to talk about that. Uh, 
coming up in the second segment, as well as give you an injury update. And then in the third segment, we go around the AHL. We'll introduce you to this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week, give you an update on the standings, and wrap things up with a feel-good finale uh, to uh, – it, it's regarding a, a familiar name. Um, and, uh, well, you just have to stick around to find out what that's about. So we have a packed show for you today. Sounds great. Uh, so let's start with the Montreal Canadiens. Trade deadline. Cross it off. It's in the books. It's done. Um and as you said, Rick, there was, you know, there were some things that happened prior to trade deadline day. Um, I think for me, one of the first indications that Mark Bergevin was actually going to make some moves on trade deadline day was that the announcement came out early in the day that his press conference wouldn't be until six o'clock. Um, in past years, when he hasn't been active on trade deadline day, he schedules that sucker for like three o'clock, <laughs> three, three thirty, four o'clock. He gets it done right away. Um, and so sure enough, uh, the first one that he took care of actually didn't happen on trade deadline day, did it? Uh, we had the John Merrill trade. Yeah. And even going back, um, you know, if, if well, you, Eric Stahl. The, the Eric Stahl yeah. um, was, can be included as part of that. But um but yeah, uh, there was there was the John Merrill uh, trade, and and um, and and I guess we have to include the Victor Meta. Uh, Victor, uh, uh, that was kind of a, a bit of a signal as well that uh, the Canadians placing were him on waivers, placing yeah. him on waivers, um, so that uh, you, uh, it, it was a signal that there was uh, something coming in, mm-hmm. and most likely a defenseman. And John Merrill was the first of two. Absolutely. So what, you know, so John Merrill uh, comes in from Detroit and um, what does Montreal, does Montreal give up a whole lot to get, to get him? No. No. Uh, no, they didn't give up a whole lot on, on the whole day. No. A uh, couple of picks uh, and uh, Hayden Verbeek. Um, and uh, it, overall, Hayden Verbeek and a fifth for, for John Merrill. Um, and, and, uh, that was that was uh, you know it, it was fine. Uh, John Merrill is is a defensive first kind of defenseman. Um, he's he's had a strong season with the Red Wings. Um, one of their uh, better defensemen uh, playing a lot of minutes. He's probably not going to get that kind of of uh, ice time with the Canadians. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think that uh, that overall, it was um, um, uh, it, it 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 was a good trade, uh, I guess. Um, do the Canadians have those kinds of defensemen already? They, they sure do, um, but they are the kind of defensemen uh, that uh, Mark Bergevin prefers, and and uh, he adds one more. Absolutely. Um, and so John Merrill will, will have to do some quarantining for the next week, um, of course, because that, that's going to be a, a cross, uh, across the border uh, trade. As you mentioned, Hayden Verbeek was the one personnel piece that went out uh, as part of that package. Um, Hayden Verbeek has, has not played very regularly in Laval because of just the size of the roster that Bouchard's been dealing with down there. Uh, when I spoke to Bouchard today, uh, I asked him in general, uh, you know, what the overall feeling was uh, at practice today, if there was, you know, some relief that uh, trade deadline was over. He actually said that he didn't feel um, 
that there was as much concern. His general feeling was that perhaps with with the with this kind of an odd season, there wasn't quite as many of the nerves uh, for trade deadline day. But then I asked him just to speak about Hayden Verbeek and and his experience with Verbeek and and Verbeek getting traded. And uh, here's what Joel had to say about Hayden. Uh, at this group, by the way, to your answer, this group, they like each other. They're mm-hmm. they're passionate about each other. They take care of each other. You see it in game, Amy. They're there for each other. I mean, they put effort together. So I think they're happy that everybody's there. On the flip side, I think Aiden uh, played really well, you know, when he was in the lineup. He did really good. But we, we have some numbers of players coming back. So when, you know, Habs make a decision to do a transaction, there's a lot behind it that, you know, I'm not involved in. But... Uh, I like Aiden. He's been a great guy. And first thing I said to him, how much he improved and and how good he did. And he was pretty proud of himself. His attitude's always been great, even if he wasn't in the lineup all the time. And now I'm happy he's getting maybe a different look uh, for the rest of the season because everybody likes him and cheer for him. So sounds, you know, it's one of those, it, Rick Hayden Verbeek's just one of those that just uh, more got into the lineup when openings occurred uh, as as opposed to being a regular fixture if there is such a thing in the lineup uh, for Laval this year. But uh, as Joel Bouchard says there, he had a great attitude the whole time, understood the situation. Um, but I think, you know, for for uh, particularly for, you know, we're going to talk in the next segment about the injury update, but there are some guys that are going to be coming back into the lineup. Perhaps Verbeek wouldn't be playing as much for the stretch uh, for their last remaining games. So maybe this is a good opportunity for him uh, to maybe get a fresh start somewhere else. And a name that the Red Wings fans will recognize, uh, Uncle Pat uh, Verbeek, of course, finished his uh, career in Detroit, um, spent his, uh, two seasons there. And, uh, and and so I think he'll be welcomed and, and uh, let's hope he gets uh, uh, some uh, some good ice time. Absolutely. So best of luck to Hayden Verbeek. Um, So you mentioned, of course, that prior to uh, trade deadline day, of course, Victor Meta gets placed on waivers. Um, And I think pretty much, I mean, from what I could see, even from other reactions from from journalists and fans of other teams around the league was someone's going to claim him. Right. Um, and, and sure enough, uh, apparently didn't get very far down, down the waiver list, uh, before Ottawa snapped him right up. Um, so I guess my question for you, Rick, first off, what do you, what do you think of Ottawa acquiring Victor Meta? Um, and, and your thoughts on, on letting Victor Meta, uh, be exposed and ultimately claimed and losing, losing him on waivers. Well, there's a lot there. Um, First, as far as Victor, um, you know, he, 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 um, uh, he, he did what he was asked to do. He, he's not had a, a good year. He's, um, he's been out of the lineup a fair bit, uh, made a bit of noise to get himself into the lineup. Um, and, uh, and I think the writing was, was kind of on the wall, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know the the change to to the to the new head coach didn't seem to help. Um, he was someone that uh, wasn't going to be relied on in Montreal. So um, placed on waivers on Sunday, claimed on Monday, uh, had just uh, finished uh, being uh, finished a practice. 
uh, with the Canadians. Um, he showered and got in his car and drove to Ottawa <laughs> and played played uh, about nine or ten minutes for the Senators, which which I thought. Uh, well, good for you. Um, I know, well, I was like, there was a picture of him taking warm-ups, and I was like, wait a minute, he just got claimed in it? Like, he's, it, it didn't, I'm so used to there having to be a, a quarantine, I just, it didn't occur to me that he'd be claimed, he'd get in the car, and he'd play that night. It was, phew, things happen fast. And with uh, the Senators trading uh, Mikey Riley uh, to Boston, mm-hmm. uh, they were in need of of that kind of defenseman. And, and uh, so, you know, he'll probably have a place in the lineup for the rest of the year anyway. Um, and speaking of, of getting in the car, um, Mike Riley did the same thing, drove to mm-hmm. Boston, and, and uh, then he didn't have to quarantine or anything. Um, so... Uh, for Victor, uh, you know, my disappointment there is, um, you know, Mark Bergevin said that, that there was more than Ottawa who was interested in him, that there would, was several, uh, uh, several teams, uh, lining up to, to claim him on waivers and said, uh, that that's the reason that they hadn't put him on waivers up until this point. Um, and if that's the case, then Mark Bergevin failed. Uh, Mark Bergevin failed miserably uh, because he needed to to create. Um, um, you know, if, if there was people with interest in him, he he should have created a a trade package. He said that uh, there were negotiations with re- respect to New Jersey that involved Kulikov uh, uh, and and uh, Mete going the other way, but uh, they couldn't get it done. So instead, um, Mark Bergevin didn't like that deal, so he he let him go for free. I, you know, um, I, I I don't. It, and and it it bothers me because mm-hmm. the reason that Noah Juleson was was uh, uh, placed on waivers and claimed by Florida was that um, Mark Bergevin didn't want to lose Victor Mete for free. So and it turns out he lost both, um, which is silly. Yeah, he should have been able to trade both. Absolutely, it's poor asset management. I I I completely agree with that. Um, you know, and the other piece of the puzzle then for trade deadline day was was that then, you know, it was getting to be toward close to that three o'clock deadline. And then suddenly, oh, Montreal has traded with Philadelphia for Eric Gustafson, another defenseman, a third pairing defenseman this year for the Flyers. When he was in the lineup. When he was in the lineup. Uh, Gustafson was brought in with Niskanen leaving. Uh, there was a gaping hole for, for some defensive experience. Uh, Niskanen left a, a bigger hole for the Flyers on the back end than they expected it to be. Gustafson wasn't supposed to completely fill his shoes, but, but I think the idea was that it would be a, a help. Um, and the very first game that Gustafson played uh, the first Flyers game this year uh, gave, I think everyone in the Philly market uh, a jolt like, Hey, Oh, this might've been a good signing Um, because he came out of the gate and he scored a goal and an assist both on the power play in the first game. Power play had been uh, abysmal in, in Philly last, last season. Um, 
And then, so I mean, everyone was really excited about him um, because it was like, whoa, Eric Gustafson's here. Okay. Um, and then he, I mean, he's a healthy scratch more often than not. Uh, he's the biggest thing is his consistency. He's not consistent. Um, he can produce. He does get points sometimes. Um, and then he'll turn around the very next game and be invisible or make very bad defensive mistakes. Then he'll sit out and be a healthy scratch for a game or two, come back in and play well. And then the next game, not so much. Um, so Rick, you've got John Merrill and okay, that's all right. John Merrill is what it is, but, but then Mark Bergevin's only other move, then you lose Victor Mette to waivers. And his only other move is to bring in Eric Gustafson, who everyone wants to jump up and down about his 2019 season, where he put up a ton of points, but he is two years removed from that season and that Eric Gustafson. That's not who they're getting right now. No. Well, if you listen to uh, Canadians fans, he's um, he's the top pairing defenseman that, and, and I guess, yeah, thinking that he's going to replace Niskanen uh, from Flyers fans, they were looking at that that uh, 70 point season, or sorry, 60 point season, 60 point season, um, and and thinking uh, th- thinking greatness, uh, and and the Canadians uh, are are Canadians fans are doing the same sort of thing right now, uh, thinking that he's going to come in on the top pairing, thinking that he's uh, going to displace Shea Weber on the power play. Not going to happen. And um, yeah, it's 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 kind of silly. I think um, he's been, you know the. the Dubbed the 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 turnover machine in in Philly. His his uh, defensive play has been atrocious. He's yeah for sure he he'll contribute uh, assists um, and maybe even the odd goal. Uh, but um, his defensive hockey has been been really poor. And we know that uh, that that's been a bit of an Achilles heel for the Canadians this year. They need someone that uh, Dom Ducharme and Luke Richardson can rely on and. Uh, Gustafson, the way he was playing in Philadelphia, isn't that guy. As you said, he's been a healthy scratch. Um, lately, more often than not, he hasn't played a game in, in April. Uh, he's been uh, a healthy scratch. And, mm-hmm. and uh, Vino lost confidence in him. And, um, you know, unless he can um, somehow <laughs> resurrect <laughs> his game, um, yeah, you know, is he better than a Willette? I don't know. Um, is I honestly, maybe? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, you know, uh, there's someone who is uh, offensive, who can carry the puck out, who uh, you know certainly plays the power play in the in the AHL, and and um, and is and is prone to to a lot of turnovers and mental gaffes. So uh, there might be some parallels um, between those two games. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, consider it that yes, does Eric Gustafson have the ability to get back to to that to that player that he was in the 2019-20 season? Uh sure. Um but is he going to find that game again in the how many games are left in the season? I, I don't think so. It's he needs kind of a reset and and to find his game again. Um, we'll see if a new scenario helps to jumpstart that at all, but don't expect miracles. Consi- I just, I just 
take it from, uh, and I'm and I'm saying this passionately because I also cover the Flyers uh, organization. So I've seen plenty of Eric Gustafson all season long. Um, the thing to keep in mind for Canadians fans, this is a guy who was playing, for the most part, third pairing. Occasionally, earlier in the season, would sometimes get on the second pairing with with Justin Braun, but but mostly has been third pairing, not consistently every night, has sometimes, more often than not, as you say, been a healthy scratch lately. When he gets into the lineup, it's on the third pairing on a Flyers team that is imploding mostly because of how bad they are defensively. So, and he's having trouble staying on the third pairing on that team. So the worst of a bad lot. And and now the Canadians have decided to go, or sorry, the Flyers have started, uh, have decided to go with Sam Moran instead of Gustafson. Mm-hmm. Uh, for three games in March, they went with Nate Prosser instead of Gustafson. That's right. So... Temper your expectations. If he blows them out of the water, fantastic. Then everybody wins. Um, But the reaction, you know, I think Canadians fans were a bit surprised when they were all excited yesterday on social media. And then they started seeing all of the reaction out of Philadelphia, which was like a ticker tape parade. Like, wow, someone gave us a pick for him. Um, So we'll see how that goes. My, I guess the point that I'm getting to here, Rick, is that, you know, okay, so you've got John Merrill, you've got Eric Gustafson. These are tiny little kind of band-aids on a bigger defensive problem that Mark Bergevin hasn't solved. As you said, you you lose Victor Meta and earlier in the season, Noah Juleson, both to waivers. You give them up for nothing. You get nothing in return from the time that you spent trying to develop the two of them. Um, and you've got players in the system like were these moves were these the kind of tiny defensive moves that were needed when you've got guys in the system you've got you know Otto Leskinen played his first game the other night and didn't look half bad looked pretty good um you know Leskinen does a very solid job uh all season long for Laval on the top pairing pairing with Corey Schooneman um you know they bring Xavier Wellette up and he gets in the lineup every now and then we've you've talked about his his ups and downs um you've got Gustav Olofsson when he gets healthy again you've got Kale Fleury still in the system you've got Josh Brook in the system um so I don't know where was was getting both of these defensemen really the the things that Mark Bergevin needed to go after at the trade deadline? I don't know. Um, interestingly enough, in the, in the media conference today with Joel Bouchard, uh, another member of the media asked him about Josh Brooks' development. You know, does he get enough power play time? Is he getting enough um, looks at the things that he'll need to transition to the NHL? And... Joel Bouchard, in his very Joel Bouchard way, kind of um, takes the takes the scenic route on this answer. Um, but it's an interesting look at how confident, at least at the AHL level, that that they are in Josh Brooks' development, and that despite it not happening very quickly, um, that there is that they see something there in Josh Brook for maybe not for this season, but perhaps next season. So what's the foundation of a defenseman is defending. Okay. So there's so many minutes you can give to a guy. And then there's so many. And to be honest, Brooks has been on a power play now for two, three weeks at times when we don't have guys. And there's guys that need some workload. 
meaning that they need the, the, the workload, the charge of work, like to be able to have the pace, to be ready to go on and to have that kind of stamina to be to the NHL. So Xavier in the minor league is a power play defenseman. And Brooksy in some way, in the minor league, he could be a power play, you know, defenseman. And But what we're very proud about Brooksy and what you should be asking me is, Not why, you know, he get an upper power play. How much better he got defensively. <laughs> like, I think Brooksy's has some game where I think he's strong defensively. And I would not have said that. Listen, look at my stats in junior. I had stats. I won World Junior like twice. I had like numbers. I would go like I was, I had offense. I wasn't a power play guy in the NHL though. So I figured out quick enough that that's not going to happen. My shot wasn't good enough. Uh, my my poise wasn't good enough when I first, you know, to be an, I was a good defender. I was a good PK guy. So what we have in junior is is a, is a reflect. Guys get points in junior for different. I was a good skater. I could get points in junior. They weren't realistic for the NHL. You know what I mean? So you got to figure out pretty quick that what's going to be your bread and butter. And I think with Brooksy being a 200-foot defenseman and being defending strong and being what he's becoming right now is his best route to and to become the best. And to be honest, we're really happy and proud of Brooksy. He's doing really well. Um, you need some, to be a, a power play guy, you need to have some attribute that are for the next level. We're talking the next level. And, and I'm not saying that maybe at 26, 27, Brooksy would not be. As of right now, I'd rather have the foundation and that's what he's doing. That's why I'm so proud of him. He's got a strong foundation as it's defending. The Brooksy today and the Brooksy from last year, we're not talking the same guys. Like he's, he's evolving, he's maturing. I'm actually really proud of him, the way he's been playing uh, and the minutes he's been getting. And that's the other thing. Like he's getting a lot of minutes. So, and he's getting good minutes. That makes him better. And he still gets offense. Look, he's getting some points, right? He's getting some points. And when we have a chance, we put him in the power play. He was in the power play for the last couple of weeks. That is about as glowing of a compliment from Joel Bouchard as you're going to get. Um, Josh Brook did not have a, he struggled last season. Um, and it was a slow start to this season for Josh Brook. But Joel Bouchard is obviously adamant that Josh Brook has come a long way this season and has made a lot of improvements. Um, and I think that's an encouraging thing. For Josh Brook and for the organization, if they can, if 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 his development does transition him to maybe a third pairing defenseman in the NHL, that's a success. Um, I, you know, this <laughs> the other point that Joel makes there that I that um, he ended up also kind of equating a little bit to Cole Caulfield. He's, you know, he was talking about his own career and he said, you know, in junior I could do this and this and this and this. I couldn't do it in the NHL. Um, and he made that point in a couple of different ways in the press conference today, talking about how, you know, be, just because somebody can do something in junior or let's say the NCAA, it doesn't always necessarily mean it's going to transition to to professional hockey. Um, and so Josh Brook is finding his way and and, you know, now starting to earn some power play time and so forth. I thought it was just a very um, interesting look at at what the coaching staff and the management, at least at the AHL level, is seeing as far as Josh Brooks' development right now. 
And I think that, you know, in a, an all-in season, as this has been described for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, that, that um, and, and Mark Bergevin has said his job depends on, um, on how they do, um, that, that the team's not willing to, you know, and, and I understand that, that a Josh Brook is his, his development is in progress, uh, mm-hmm. uh, flurry his, his developments in progress, but, uh, those guys with, uh, a little bit of, uh, pro, uh, with, um, NHL experience like, uh, Olofsson, uh, like Willette with a lot of experience, uh, or Leskinen who, uh, has had some pro experience and, and is, uh, you know, has been steady while he's out there. That that the team doesn't think that that's going to uh, be enough. So they they had to go out and get guys uh, who um, you know, in the in the case of Gustafson, uh, have a lot of NHL experience. Whether it's good experience, whether he's playing well, or it, it seems to be irrelevant. They yeah. just want that those uh, uh, those games, um, and and uh, we'll roll with that. We'll see how all that works out. <laughs> uh, there's not a whole lot of regular season left. I mean, it's it's rapidly uh, it's rapidly heading towards the finish line. So uh, time will only tell uh, if these two if these new deals are going to work out. Um, we'll see. It's going to be a, a bit for both players. Um, they both have to quarantine, so we'll uh, we'll have to you know to be determined in in about a week or so. We're going to take a quick break on the other side. Uh, We are going to talk a little more about the Laval Rocket and one Cole Caulfield and his debut last weekend. Um, It it went okay. It went okay for Mr. Caulfield. Uh, So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel, at all habs just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video the ahl report your premier source for laval rocket lehigh valley phantoms and all american hockey league news rocket sports media is currently recruiting talented motivated and committed people to join our team if you're a student wishing to gain experience a young professional interested in broadening your credentials an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today.
and welcome back to the Press Zone Montreal, right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media, part of Rocket Sports Radio. I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. You can find me at Flyers Rule on Twitter. You can find Rick at All Habs. And of course, you want to be sure that you're also following at the AHL Report. That's where you'll get all of our coverage of everything happening with the Montreal Canadiens prospects, particularly those playing on the Laval Rocket, and and keep you completely apprised of all of the goings-on with the Habs AHL affiliate. Um, And so be sure you're following us at the AHL Report. And of course, if you were doing that uh, this past weekend when Laval headed to Toronto for a two-game stint against the Marlies, uh, then you got all sorts of updates and information uh, regarding how they did with both of those wins uh, against a tough Toronto team, um, as well as, uh, you know, debut from a guy called Cole Caulfield. Rick, um, my goodness, the, like, covering Laval on Friday on, which I guess was should have been dubbed Cole Caulfield Day <laughs> was it was a circus. Um I mean there was just there was media from everywhere. Um it was it was there was a lot of excitement for sure. Fans were really pumped up. Um I think I think the city was really pumped up. Um and then everything starts before warm-ups even take place because the Hobie Baker winner was announced. And the Hobie Baker winner, uh, to really no one's surprise, uh, was Cole Caulfield. Uh, not that his uh, fellow nominees weren't worthy. They certainly were. Dryden McKay, Shane Pinto had great seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that Cole Caulfield had a phenomenal season and uh, was the the easy winner of the Hobie Baker Award. He watched uh, the ceremony with um, in the coaches' room, the Laval coaches' room, um, at the other end in, in Wisconsin, um, Tony Granado was, was watching the ceremony, uh, with Cole Caulfield's teammate, Wisconsin teammates. So, um, it was, it was kind of nice. And, and, uh, the announcement was made. Um, he got on the ice for warmups and, and, uh, got into his first <laughs> pro game. That's certainly a way to start, uh, to start your pro career is, uh, is getting that news. Um, as you mentioned, Tony Granado and, and the rest of the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, then stuck around to watch uh, Cole's first pro game uh, together, which I thought was pretty neat. Um, so what did Cole Caulfield do? You know, this was the big question mark. What's Cole Caulfield going to do when he's playing against men, uh, when he's playing in the pro league? And Rick, I have to say, he held his own pretty well. Uh, the pace did not seem, even though he did say he did notice that it was faster, the pace did not seem to beat him. Uh, he he seemed to keep up. Um, and then sure enough, uh, it, didn't, it, it only took the second Laval power play for Cole Caulfield to pot his first professional goal. Um, He would end up doing that twice along with an assist. uh, And one of those goals was a game winner. So let's see. Friday was win the Hobie Baker, make your professional hockey debut, score your first pro goal, which also happens to be a power play goal, score your first pro assist, score another goal, which is the game winning goal and get your first professional goal win. I think it was a pretty good day. 
and get Did I ab- miss something. <laughs> the only other thing that that we I th- and I think it's important to add, uh, Cole, Cole, and I hope Cole would uh, would agree. Uh, Caulfield got absolutely undressed uh, on the on the first uh, Toronto Marlies goal. Yes, first pro uh, lesson. <laughs> yeah, the first pro lesson. Yeah, um, and there's there's obviously work to be done on mm-hmm. his defensive side of the game. He's made some big strides there, but. Uh, there's a reason that he's in the AHL to learn That's right. and not making those mistakes uh, at the NHL level uh, when when it it could uh, you know crushes his confidence. Uh, he's he's uh, with Laval to learn, and I'm sure that Joel Bouchard uh, would sit down and and uh, present that video and um, and let him know that he has to be harder to play against at this level. And Bouchard did say that in in the post game presser, he said, "Look, there, you know, there's there are things that we're going to work on, and I have video that we're gonna I'm going to send him tomorrow morning, and we're going to go over it." Um, so yes, Cole Caulfield is there to learn. Uh, I know everyone is is really anxious for him to make his NHL debut. There is no rush here. I am I am. I don't hand out compliments to to the Canadians' management very often, so. I'm happy to say that I am pleased that this is the route that they chose for Cole Caulfield, not to bring him straight to the NHL, but let him spend some time in the AHL, make the adjustment. If you want to bring him up towards the end of the season for a look uh, for a couple of games or, you know, after the AHL season is done, bring him up for the playoffs. Great. Do that. But let him adjust, ease him into it. And I think that I think they're making the right choice here, um, you know, and then and the very next day they played uh, they played a back to back and the second game was um, in the afternoon. Um, and so it was less than 24 hours later. The team definitely looked uh, more sluggish. Both teams did. Um, and Cole Caulfield also looked sluggish. Uh, he did end up he scored another game winner. Um on Saturday as well, believe it or not. But, um, you know, he didn't have all of that, all of that energy that he had had Friday night, you know, running on pure adrenaline Friday night. So there will be ups and downs. There will be plenty of, of things to be excited about. Um, and so after, as I said, it was a bit of a circus after, after the game, of course, the post game presser was, um, pretty lengthy. It was just Cole Caulfield and just Joel Bouchard. Um, but then we also then hopped on once Cole Caulfield finished with Laval media and, and, you know, we, we stuck around for all of that, asked a question, that kind of thing, but it was, it was dragging on a bit, um, and got cut a little short because Caulfield had to hop over to a different Zoom call so that he could do a press conference um, from the Hobie Baker folks uh, on winning the Hobie Baker. It had been announced, but since he was about to play a game, they couldn't do their their the post-announcement press conference. So we hopped on that one as well and actually uh, were met with a, a kind of a much more relaxed Cole Caulfield. Um, you know, he had taken his toque off Um he, you know, comes to the Laval presser in his suit and toque like he's ready to go back to the hotel, then comes to the Hobie Baker press conference and he's lost the toque. He looks a little more relaxed, um, a little easier with the, with the, you know, maybe not so many nerves. Um, and uh, there was not as mu- as much media there, which I actually think uh, was was kind of sad to see. Um, but we got to talk to him a bit. And, and Rick, one of the, f- 
first kind of some nice quotes from Cole, not so much the standard how was the game kind of thing. But the first thing that uh, he really talked about was the reaction that he got um, from other people, you know, hearing from his his friends and his family um, with just all of the things to celebrate from the day. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I, I checked was just my parents, my family group chats. So I texted them right away and then my brother. And um, I think the one that stuck out to me that I was just scrolling through to see some names is Blake Jeffrey on. Um, obviously, it's a special thing, uh, a special group to be a part of. And um, knowing that he won it um, obviously means a lot to me um, in the Badger community. So um, I thought that was really special for him to reach out. And, um, you know, it means a lot to me. So he said that, um, you know, there was a number he didn't recognize, and, yep. and uh, there it was, Blake Jeffreyon. Blake Jeffreyon is the only other Wisconsin Badger to have won the Hobie Baker Award. Um, and, of course, uh, the Jeffreyon name and its connections, its roots, it, it, its royal roots in, mm-hmm. in uh, uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, Blake Jeffreyon uh, was traded from Nashville uh, to Montreal for Hal Gill, part of the Hal Gill trade, Robert Slaney and others, second-round pick. Um and and uh, Blake Jeffreyon got to play in in Montreal, so it, it, it there's a real nice connection there. And uh, for uh, Jeffreyon out of the blue to just reach out and congratulate Cole was uh, was really nice to hear. The other thing that I asked him, uh, if you recall, uh, back when he had his first interview after a uh, press interview after he had signed his ELC uh, someone had asked him in that presser what are you going to do in quarantine in the hotel for a week besides work out and he uh, he smiled at that time and said I have a lot of homework to do uh, so I'm going to be busy with schoolwork um, so uh, we asked him about that um, you know so uh, you know yes you've now you've now joined Laval and you've gone pro but your semester is not over yet and and how did all of that work out for you and how are you juggling all of that and uh, this is what Caulfield said um, yeah I think it's a good thing I was still doing it because I, I never got bored during those uh, you know long seven days so um, you know it's obviously something that I I need to do um, I wanted to do and Still not done yet, but um, you know, I'm just happy that my that my mom wanted me to do this, and you know, I kind of, um, you know, I think it's a big thing to finish your two years at least, so you can always go back um, and finish. But um, it's been it's been a fun, you know, couple weeks here that I've been able to, um, you know, sign and then come to a new country, uh, be, be with a new team and meet, meet new teammates and coaches. And um, honestly, I've just been trying to enjoy it all because um, you know, it's gone pretty fast already. So. <laughs> but but mom, I'm the Hobie Baker award I winner. I just signed my entry three year entry level contract with the Montreal Canadiens. Do your homework, Cole. You have to pass your courses. <laughs> now, Cole. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and 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 yes, important to uh, uh, to to finish his second uh, mm-hmm. year, uh, and um, and and so he can at some point. Uh, finish his degree, and uh, and if if that comes into use at any time, um, things can happen. And uh, but but mom's always uh, looking out for uh, their sons. Well, and and we, you know we talk about it plenty on this on this show about life after hockey. For Cole Caulfield, that's probably not going to come for a long time. 
Um, but when it does, he needs to have groundwork laid. And so it's it's a it's a it's a smart move by mom and dad to encourage him to get those two years done so that he can go back eventually and finish his degree whenever he chooses to do that. Um, it's it's laying the foundation for his future when his playing days are over, and and it's very important. So I'm glad to see that he's taking that seriously and and finishing that as well. Um, before we before we just talk about um, injuries uh, and so forth. Um, should also mention that Charlie Lindgren played in that game on Friday night, uh, Cole's debut. If you'll recall, um, with Price going out with a with a minor injury, um, they recalled Michael McNiven to the taxi squad, and they recalled Caden Primo, who has been backing up Jake Allen. They sent Charlie Lindgren down to the AHL. Um, it had been about six weeks since. Lindgren's last conditioning stint in Laval, where he played two games. He won, uh, lost the first one, won the second one. Um, so at this point, we don't know if they're planning on keeping him there for the rest of this week. The Laval doesn't play again until Thursday. Um, so we'll see how all of that works out you know, get him a little bit of ice time, but he was in net on Friday night. He looked solid. Have to say that, you know, in that first game that he played six weeks ago, uh, it had been a year since he had played and, and the rust was there, particularly for the first half of the game. You could tell that it had been a year since, since this, this man had played a game. Um, the rust was not as noticeable in this first game this time. He was, he looked very solid, looked, look really locked in uh, and looked very comfortable. Uh, and then Vasily Demchenko was backstopping the team to their win on, on Saturday. So uh, we'll see what happens with the goaltending situation uh, closer to game day this week. Um, both, uh, both games last weekend were against Toronto in Toronto. Now they'll be hosting Toronto on Thursday and Sunday this week. Uh, our Chris G will have the coverage of both of those games, so be sure you're following at the AHL report for that. Um, Bouchard, as far as injuries are concerned, uh, mentioned today that uh, Meshach, Yelonen, Belzeal, and Vedemo are all uh, I believe skating again. They're all getting close. Uh, Meshack and Yelonen, he said they're going to, quote, be patient with. It sounds like they're probably not going to rush them back into the lineup. Um, Belzeal and Vedamo still day-to-day. They're going to kind of, I think he's going to wait this out over the next couple of days of practice. No guarantee that either one of them return for Thursday's game, possibly for Sunday. Uh, but at least those four key players are are getting closer to to returning to game action. Uh, so with that, uh, we will take one last quick break on the other side. We're going to go around the AHL and introduce you to this week's CCM AHL player of the week. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back for all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey. Head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. 
In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. You can find me at Flyers Rule on Twitter. You can find Rick at All Habs. And you can find this podcast at The Press Zone. So make sure that you are following us there. It's a great place, a great central place to get all of the latest Rocket Sports Media offerings and content and news and, and new updates about this podcast. Um of course, in this segment, we go around the AHL, and the first thing we want to do every week is introduce you to this week's CCM AHL Player of the Week. And uh, this week, I'm sorry, Rick, it's not a goaltender. Oh, no. It's not. Got to give the forwards some fun. We had a going there. I know, we did, we did. But this week, it is Tucson Roadrunners forward Michael Carcone, who has scored six goals in two games for Tucson last week. Uh, more than doubling his season output in just over 24 hours, according to the league. All right. It's pretty good. Uh, he entered the weekend with one goal in his previous 17 games and then went on to force to score four times on Friday night, took 11 of Tucson's 52 shots on goal, the most in a game by any AHL team this season, uh, and and they lost that game eight to six to San Diego. Well, you know, <laughs> um, it was uh, his third career hat trick. Um, and then on Saturday he scored two more times, and uh, including a game winner. No, it, it, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It's not been a great season for uh, the Roadrunners, um, but to have him, you know, there's been all kinds of very unusual sharing arrangements going on this season just because mm -hmm. of, of this being an odd year. Um, he's, he's on loan to the road run, runners. 
uh, affiliate with Arizona, of course, um, from Nashville. Um, so uh, somebody from outside the organization coming in, a, a group not having a great season, and it's it's just a feel-good kind of uh, story that uh, he's able to contribute. Absolutely. So congratulations to him. Uh, we'll see who is going to be this week's AHL Player of the Week. You got to come back and listen to next week's show to find out. Sorry. Um, take speaking of uh, teams around the league, let's take a quick look at the standings. Um, the Atlantic Division. I don't know that those. I don't know if that is ever going to change. Um, Bridgeport is having a tremendously awful season. Uh, it's it's been a rough one for them. They are three twelve and one on the season. It is oh. It's kind of sad to see it continue to happen. Um, so Providence is still sitting, uh, sitting up on handily up on top there. Hartford is actually um, has has kind of surged back a little bit. They were more sitting towards the bottom there uh, with Bridgeport, um, but they're they're starting to kind of make a push. They're nine six and one now. Um, We'll see if they're able to catch Providence before all is said and done. Uh, in the North Division, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, who are currently in another COVID-19 uh, protocol uh, shutdown, uh, they still at this point are leading uh, the North Division uh, with Hershey hot on their heels, of course. Um, two big rivals there, and they're they're jockeying for first and second position. Uh, of course, in the Canadian division, Laval uh, handily in first uh, first place there uh, with Manitoba at an even 500 winning percentage in second place. Um, and then, Rick, the Central and Pacific divisions, I feel like those have not moved a whole lot. Um, Chicago on top. Yeah, Chicago on top and Henderson handily on top. Um it's just, we we were even just talking in the break. Um, you know, you've got in the North Division, Utica has played eleven games this season. Utica has really been affected by by COVID nineteen shutdowns and pauses and so forth. Eleven games for Utica so far. Um, Fifteen games for Cleveland. Uh, Twenty nine games. You know, doubling it uh, for San Diego. So yeah. it's it's a wide variation of of uh, number of games played and and as they. They said at least the divisions uh, would be decided by points percentage or winning percentage, mm-hmm. um, and they are th- sorted that way on the website when you go there uh, because um, you know th- there's no way to equalize out the number of games. But um, you know, for uh, for teams that uh, we're familiar with, uh, it means there's there's uh, maybe not that many games left. No, not at all. Um, in fact, you know, if you to talk more about you know how how much that winning percentage is going to come into play, uh, whether or not there is a, there, the AHL still hasn't definitively said there won't be some sort of uh, postseason play. We just have no idea yet what that's going to be, if anything at all. Um, we you definitely want to be sure that you come back for next week's show. Uh, we are. Uh, we'll have a special guest. Our our friend and colleague Patrick Williams will be joining us again. He's you know the central knowledge for everything going on in the AHL, so he's going to get us all caught up to speed on you know what these standings uh, you know at this point in time look like. If he's heard anything about uh, postseason and so forth, you're not going to want to miss that show. Uh, he'll be with us next week. Um, so yeah, th- I mean there are still there's still room for for 
teams to to go at each other and and make a play for some of these standings. But uh, time is actually really running out. I think Laval only has 12 games left or something like that. Uh, Lehigh Valley doesn't have a whole heck of a lot left either. Um, it's it's uh, for Laval, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going quickly, and and the middle of May is going to be here before you know it. Um, so. With that, um, our feel-good finale this week is more is is less uh, of an uplifting story in terms of a feel-good finale, but more in terms of we there's someone that we're just wishing will feel good. Uh, former Montreal Canadiens prospect Nikita Sherback has has we've talked before about how he's had a, a kind of a roller coaster of a professional career over the last number of years, but he's been playing for the Texas Stars in the AHL, um, and he um, whew, suffered an very ghastly looking injury earlier this week, uh, which he proudly posted on social media. Um, both did he have to? <laughs> I. Oh. Like I took one look at it and I was like, oh dear Lord, Nikita. And then, and then it wouldn't go away off my tweet deck column. And it was just there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, could you please? Okay. I need to stop looking at that. It was a side by side of, of, you could tell he was, he was really hazy in the eyes. It was in the, in either in the medical staff room or at the hospital with just, He's got a complete gash from the corner of his mouth all the way down the side of his cheek. Uh, more teeth missing, I think. Um, so much so that his jaw is exposed and he's yeah. he's uh, hashtagged it, hashtag Joker. So that'll give you some idea of, of what it looks like. Uh-huh. At least, I mean, good, uh, I guess... Once the second the second photo was a very I guess the next day with his entire face stitched up. Um, so I guess at that point all you can do is is try to f- find a little humor in it with the the Joker hashtag. But uh, so our feel good finale is we're wishing Nikita Sherback is feeling good um, and feeling better on his road to recovery. Just glad whatever happened in that in that accident. Um, as far as on the ice, we're just glad to see that it wasn't a more serious uh, injury than that. It could have been very scary. And his wife, Lori, uh, thought it would be a good time to send to Nikita pictures of baby goats for sale. And she said, <laughs> uh, can we buy these? <laughs> and he said, no. She said, does, does that mean yes? No. No. So she was she was hoping that the effects of the oh, painkillers really? were going to get her some goats, uh, baby uh, goats. Apparently not. No. Don't they they have a baby? They have a, a very small baby yeah, as do. it is. They I don't do. think she needs baby they goats do. right now. Lori doesn't look doesn't seem like the baby goat kind of person, but but okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so wishing a speedy, speedy recovery to Nikita Sherbeck. Those injuries are always, oh, they're just always so scary. Uh, so Rick, uh, if people do want to come back next week and catch another great episode of the press zone, catch that special interview with, uh, our, our guest Patrick Williams next week, what's the best way I, I would imagine that if they subscribe, if they haven't done so already, then they'll just get a notification when the new episode airs. Exactly. So whatever app you're using your favorite, your very favorite podcast app, make sure you're subscribed to the press zone. 
And uh, if you would like to go back and, and catch um, uh, back episodes, uh, previous episodes, uh, you can do that on the app or you can go to our website, thepresszone.com or our new website, thepresszone.fm. And, uh, and both will give you the, the library of, of episodes to go through and, and, uh, and uh, catch up on some listening. Fantastic. I highly recommend you do it. Really. It makes life easier for you. You don't have to go find it. It just comes to you. And you don't ever want to miss an episode. So with that, uh, we wish you a very good week of hockey. Please be safe. Um, and lots more is going to be happening this week. We'll see what happens with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, with the Laval Rocket, with the Habs, with the Flyers, with all of them uh, before next week's episode. And you know that we'll have all the news for you right here at the Press Zone. And we'll see you then. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.